Hi, welcome to this podcast. I'm Phil Parker. I've been an osteopath working since 1988. I graduated the British School of Osteopathy and I lectured there for a while uh, specialising in the philosophy of osteopathy and healthcare and the treatment of kids with severe and profound learning difficulties. And my focus has always been on a very holistic perspective on osteopathy, taking it back to the original roots, as many of you know, taking on the ideas from the founder of osteopathy, Dr. Andrew Taylor Still. He had a number of different ways of thinking about himself. First of all, he considered himself to be uh, a mechanic, and therefore had that kind of uh, mechanic's mind and point of view about how the world works. Secondly, he was a minister, and therefore someone spiritual, particularly the reference to a Christian god. And thirdly, he was a, as a doctor, as a keen student of anatomy and physiology and psychology. And when he put all these together, as many of you know, he came up with the idea that osteopathy was an understanding that God had designed the human, and we can substitute nowadays if we wish to, instead of God, a universal force or evolution. And because in his worldview, it was God designing it, and God, in his mind, was a great mechanic, that a great mechanic would design a body that could survive and flourish and would have some way of being adjusted if it ever got out of true, uh, if it got away from the blueprint that it was designed from. So my interest in osteopathy was very much wrapped around Still's ideas that we could make a phenomenal difference to people's health states. When I first started working clinically, I worked traditional osteopathy, thrusting, HVTs, soft tissue, massage, stretching, articulation, all those things. And I was also interested in cranial osteopathy. And I was also interested in applied kinesiology, which I'd studied at the same time. As time went on, I moved away from uh, applied kinesiology. I, I felt there were some things missing for me in it. But I certainly took a lot of its idea of how the body interrelated and how the mind related to the body. And I found that with many clients, as maybe many of you find, that their problems were not always physical in origin. So their, their, their symptoms may well be physical, but the cause of their problem may be external to their body. It might be their life, their uh, how they feel about their future, how they feel about their relationship or their work. And those things, although you can affect them physically by manipulating you know there is a kind of dialogue between the physical body and the, the mental body so you can affect the physical body and therefore affect the mental body through it i found that it was easier to get change in issues to do with emotions and how they felt about things by finding some tools that would help me and the tools that i settled upon were nlp and hypnotherapy and hypnotherapy is uh, much misunderstood approach much like osteopathy is and it's not about making people fall asleep or becoming elvis it's fundamentally looking at how people communicate both themselves and other people and what kind of state people are in what kind of state of mind people are in if you want to know more you can check out my essential nlp podcasts having these sets of skills in addition to my osteopathy really radically altered what was possible for me in working with my clients and I was able to extend the range of what I could help people with and the issues I could help people with and I felt in many ways although I was using extra tools I was much more in line with what my vision of still was which was how do you get this person back to health you need to use appropriate tools appropriate modalities to help people to make the changes that they want 
So today what I'm going to focus on is language. Now when I first started talking about language to osteopaths, they were a bit spooked by the whole idea because they felt that, well, is this really part of osteopathy? Osteopathy is primarily physical. And just going back to the conversation we just had about still, I don't believe that's true. I don't believe that still's perception was osteopathy is physical. I think his perception was if we deviate from our blueprint, then we need to find ways to help people back to that. And it just so happened that a lot of the techniques he used and a lot of the problems that he came across were, were physical, but there certainly are cases of him working with alcoholics and so on and so forth and giving them advice and suggestions as well as giving them physical work. My good friend Eric Dalton has on his wall in his surgery in Santa Monica a very nice quote from Andrew Taylor Still, which really focuses on the fact that anatomy, physiology and psychology are an essential part of an osteopath's toolkit. I maintain that there's much we can do either to heal people or to keep them stuck just by the way that we talk to them. And this is going to be the subject of various articles in this series. How do we, as osteopaths, utilise the skills we have and the understanding we have of the body and make sure that we're communicating effectively? And by this I don't just mean having a nice bedside manner, which many osteopaths do, and they understand the importance of that, but actually recognising that every word you use counts. Turns out there's uh, really interesting research by Thomas Weiss. When he scanned people to see the brain activity and he asked them to use words that related to pain. So they would be pain, sensitive, burning and so on. And then he got them to say standard words like avocado, sausage and studied their brain function to see was there a difference. When the clients used words which were related to pain or sensation, uncomfortable sensation, they saw an activity of what seemed to be the pain processing areas of the brain. When they said words that had no relationship to pain, there was no activation of these pain sensitive areas. So it appears that speaking about pain, talking about pain, increases the experience of pain. This also leads to the idea that actually talking about any symptoms will generate some more neurology related to those symptoms. Now, as we know as osteopaths, the idea of facilitation, the idea that if you have a stimulus, which is unmanaged in the nervous system, it can start to create a positive feedback loop where a pain creates a sensitivity which increases a greater experience of pain, which causes more pain, which causes stress onto the nervous system, which opens up the synapses and allows that signal to just keep on echoing through the body. We need to make sure with our osteopathic approach that we're settling down that whole irritated and facilitated neurological system. So we need to be very careful about our language question is, how do you ask people a question about their health, or particularly about their problem, without stimulating the neurology of the problem and therefore helping it to continue? Well, the secret is to answer the question, what do you want for your client? Because we know that when people talk about pain and symptoms that activates the wrong parts of their brain and actually causes problems, if we start to ask them, what do you want? What do we want for them? What do we want to achieve? And make sure it's stated in positives so that we can start to move in the right direction. Problem is, of course, that when people talk about what they want normally when they're in pain, they talk about having no pain. And unfortunately, saying no pain is just the same as saying pain. It still stimulates the pain pathways. When an osteopath sees a patient, they naturally will say, what is the problem? It's actually much better to ask, how can I help you? What can I do to make things more comfortable for you? That will start to move their brain in the right direction. 
And it's not just a question of making them feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more secure. It actually will change their neurology. And not just the neurology in their brain, it turns out it actually will shut off some of the pain signals. So we've got to be really careful about asking these questions because normally we say, does it hurt when you bend over? Does it hurt when you do this? All about hurt, all about pain, all about symptoms. Does this make it worse? And we need to be a little bit smarter about this by asking instead, what makes it more comfortable rather than what makes it worse? By saying, uh, which movements are the most easy and flexible? Now, this is going to take a little bit of rewiring because in my experience, health professionals are so focused on symptoms and diseases. I worked with some pain consultants and uh, they said, can you help us to improve our language around clients? And uh, I started with a very simple question, much like I just asked, which is, what do you want for your clients? And make sure you state it without mentioning the problem. So we're not activating the bad neurology. It took them 15 minutes and the best answer they could come up with was pain-free. Now, that sounds like a good answer, but now we know about the neurology of pain and the way the brain processes information. We know that the phrase pain-free will just make you think of pain and activate those neurological processing units. So... Bear in mind when you're working with clients, or if you are a patient yourself and you're interested in osteopathy, start to talk in terms of what you want instead of what you don't want. It's a really simple beginning. There's lots more stuff you could learn about language, but you'll find, first of all, how difficult it is, how conditioned you've come to be talking about pain and problems, which can't be good for you either. It's not very good for your patients, but it can't be good for you. So you'll find it sticky at first to start using this new idea. But you also will find that your patients improve quicker, that they feel more optimistic. And we know not only will the optimism help them, but also neurologically you're moving them towards your desired goal, which is for them to be well and healthy as quickly as possible. I hope you found this useful. I'll be returning with some more interesting thoughts about how to improve your delivery of the brilliant skills that you have to help your clients and your patients to get the best changes you possibly can. So I look forward to seeing you then. Mm -hmm.